0: This is the Trail Trash Podcast. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Trail Trash Podcast. John, Jason, and... Bringing back one of the OGs of the podcast, Wills, is joining us tonight. Garrett is at um, he is at a, a funeral service and could not be with us tonight. So, you know, prayers out to the family that he is uh, he is he is at the at the funeral home with uh, uh, to those folks. But we are going um, we're going to talk yeti tonight. We're two weeks out, <clears throat> and we thought it would be really good to do a episode on the gear we're going to use the race plans that we're hoping to, to, um, to put into place. Um, and just kind of a little bit about where we are, you know, where we are, you know, on the training, of course, uh, you know, pretty much the majority of us are done, but just kind of how we're feeling physically, mentally, um, and all that kind of good stuff so john i figured i would start with you because will and i um will and i our story is pretty similar uh so um first off let's let's talk gear a little bit um have you got all your gear lined up for for the race so far um i
1: mean it's an appall on my floor so kind of
0: Yeah, John. In stark contrast, the will who's already got his bagged, labeled, and it uh, it put. See, look at that. His, his his is all bagged up and ready to go. So, oh see, no,
1: his this is in is in a pile on the floor too. It's just sliding. Well, this organic. pile
2: of eight or nine bags—that's Kara. That pile of my two bags—that's me. See, it's a big difference. <laughs> oh, I can do it in
0: one. So. So, so let's talk a little bit about, let's, let's talk about what gear you're going to use. So pack standpoint, I guess it's probably the old Solomon, right? Solomon 12? Yeah. Solomon 12
1: could probably go down to a smaller size, but I mean, those packs are expensive. So the 12 is just the
0: all purpose pack that I have because it fits any and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, it is kind of bulky and big. Um, I, I'm using a 12 um, as well. And um, that back section is, is really big, but it will, it can come in handy if you need to put a bunch of stuff in there. so, so if
1: we uh, go into the overnight, we need some more layers to pass back there when we go up to the white top, which is the highest point on the course. Not incredibly high, but high enough that it's going to feel cold probably.
0: So... Help me out here. When you're making that kind of an elevation gain, you said it's around 4,000 feet the last time we talked, I believe. Um, what sort of a temperature change is that typically? Is that what, a 5, 10 degree change or not that much? Three, two? Will, looks like he's throwing out hand, hand signals. What do you got, Will? What do you think? 15 to 20? 15 to 20.
2: That's my guess. It's, it's an educated
0: guess. Educated
2: uh, guess. Let us know, John. I mean, right now, speaking right now,
1: it's about a 10 degree difference between Damascus and White Top. Um, now that being said, when we go up there, when we go up to White Top, like it's gonna be during the night, so we're not gonna have like the sun shining down. Um, probably a little bit windier up there. Uh, and it's also a few weeks later, so um yeah, Timps will probably hopefully be a little bit cooler.
0: So 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 when when you think about when you think about you never wear pants so obviously you'll be in shorts do you take like a mid so like in that kind of condition where you know that there's probably going to be a lot more hiking up and it's going to be colder do you typically bring more of a mid-layer type windbreaker or do you bring something a little bit thinner or you can wear a long sleeve shirt underneath it so you can take the jacket off what's kind of What do you normally do in scenarios like that?
1: I mean, it's really going to depend on like the forecast, you know, as we get closer here, Um, by the end of the week, you know, we should have a pretty good idea of what it's going to look like. Um, Again, the temps are really going to play a big role in that. I'll at least carry like a, uh, like a weather jacket. Like Um, Solomon Bonatti is a, is a good one. Um, If it's colder, like say below forty degrees, forty degrees closer to like that thirty degree mark. You know, definitely want a warmer base layer in there um, to go under that. Um, yeah.
0: So let's see. So we, we talked about your pack. We talked about kind of what what kind of what kind of jackets you're going to be wearing out there. Shoe wise, what shoe are you going to wear?
1: So I'm going to be going with the Nike Pegasus Trail. Oh, wow. um, cool. I'm not <laughs> typically a big Nike guy, uh, but they actually make really good trail shoes. Um, and the Pegasus Trail, uh, I've been doing some long runs on a surface similar to that. We're going to be seeing on the Creeper Trail, and it just it just works out well. Um, hopefully, it'll be good for 100 miles, but we'll see. Um And, you know, if not, uh or if we get, like, some really, like, bad weather, like, if another hurricane blows up there, I'll probably just throw in, like, the speed goats as a backup.
2: Gotcha. So John's wearing a Pegasus. He's, wait a minute. John is riding a Pegasus to a unicorn buckle. That's right. Sounds sweet. Sure.
0: It's kind of symbolism like there. So, So jumping around a little bit. Will you, have you decided what vest you're taking? Well, I'm too fat for every vest in the
2: house except one. An REI Swiftland vest, because that has the most adjustments. So, that's my choice by default.
0: <laughs> it's a nice I can't vest. Have it. It's a nice what? vest.
2: Yeah, it's high and tight. Does the job. High and tight. It's not too bad. It does fit well. It really does. I would rather wear the Solomon Advanced Skin 12 though. But yeah, this is where I'm at, right? To is, that, eat...
1: uh, is that just like based off on like the uh, configuration of it, like the pockets and where everything
2: sits or the, so- the Solomon versus the REI vest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The Solomon vest, the side pockets are much more um, in line with. Long distance ultra running than the than the REI vest the the pockets aren't they're just not big enough to really store a lot you know along the ribs and in the front um, it it works but it's just not as good as Solomon and of course Solomon has their crap figured out right so yeah not many pe not many vest companies can
0: compete with them when it comes to storage not really no I think you I think you're right so shoes what shoes did you decide you have you decided which one you're going to start i know you've been talking about going back and forth between a couple of different ones what did you decide the uh
2: north face flip flops
0: North Face. Oh, the boomer slippers
2: yes no uh the hoka tecton is what i'm going to start in oh, is, and, that a, and... uh, is that a carbon plated shoe yes Yes, and then um, if they start to wear on my feet too much, I have a pair of Speedgoat 5s I'll change into. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I have noticed
2: that the, the Tectons, they're comfortable, and there's nothing really wrong with them, but because the plate is in there, and it's not much of a plate, it's not it's not real firm. I think it's like a wishbone configuration, so there's a lot of give. But because it's in there, I noticed it's rough on the top of my toes it it really does a lot of damage to the top of my toes. So it might be a bad choice, but I'm going to try it and see what happens.
1: Hmm.
0: So <clears throat> I put on my Lone Peaks today and wore them around a little bit. Um, I have actually worn Lone Peaks in half of the Yeti races I've ran and the other half I've ran in Olympuses. Um, the Lone Peaks have a similar vibe to me that the Torrens did that I did my latter part of my training in the Olympuses obviously have, uh, more of a feel to the shoes I did the first part of the training in most likely I will start in the Olympuses, um, because it's more cushion. And I think, you know, it just fits my foot better. Um, however, with that being said, it could be a game time decision. But I'm bringing both of those with, um, i actually actually in three pairs of shoes. I've got my A, either my A is going to be the Lone Peaks or the Olympuses. I've got a backup pair of Olympuses that's going into a drop bag in case, in case uh, something was to happen. I need to flip into some different shoes.
2: Altra's. I call them Aaron Roger wreckers. That's right.
0: You know, I've never had Achilles issues with those.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You better knock on some wood or something. Too close to race time to be tempting the face.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Has knocked on some wood. He'll probably trip over your shoes on the way
0: out of the room. That's right. So, so yeah, yeah. So, so it seems like we're all kind of in something different. Um, Johns is by far the most uh, surprising pair. I would not have seen Nike Pegasus. I didn't know Nike made a shoe that made it to 100 miles in a row.
2: I've <laughs> never seen it before. Really? Didn't Camellia wear those when she set the trio world record? She actually did. I think the yellow runner uses uh, Nike shoes as well.
0: Sally yeah. McRae Sa- Sally- Sally wears Nike. She's yeah. sponsored. She is sponsored by them. So um, I think from a clothing standpoint, um, I've got a Bonati Aero and then a Bonati Pro that I'm probably going to bring. However, I might just roll with the Adidas Terex. Um, it's a packable rain jacket that I might wear. The, the Bonati Pro and the Terex are very warm. Um, which is why I got the Bonatti Aero because it's a lot thinner. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm going to bring all three of those and figure out which one I'm going to use. Probably once I get there, based off of what the weather feels like. I wore that Bonatti Pro during that crazy year where it rained nonstop, and it did a it did a good job, but it, the rain still was able to soak through it. So,
2: yeah, they only they only work for so long, you know unless it's
0: a true rain jacket, but so that's kind of my plan. And then from a clothing standpoint, I know I'm going to be in probably a pair of path shorts with one of my rabbit trail shirts on. Maybe I'll probably depend on how cold it is. I probably will start out in arm sleeves. So, um, you know, that way you can take them off. So, that's kind of my plan from a clothing standpoint. I would ask John, but John has he, he'll he'll be like, I have no idea what I'm wearing. I've all I my crap in the, I don't know. <laughs> all my all my crap's thrown in the floor over here. I have no idea. I just I have I a just, loin I just,
2: cloth <laughs> I just
0: I just pick up a shirt and put it on. It don't even matter which one I gotta wear. I might even get like the, uh,
1: the malls Gotta at least get it the smell test first.
2: <laughs> it won't matter <laughs> 10 minutes into the run, it all stinks, right? That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, out of consideration for the people after ride up on that uh, van up to White Top West, I'll, I'll, I'll at least give it a little snuff.
2: <laughs> Look, man, I, I wore my Swiftland pack several times on some 30 and 20 mile runs with Kara and Jason, and I know that thing reeked. I don't care. I don't care what people think of my smell. They're just gonna have to deal with it or run faster or slower. You know, I washed <laughs> my Solomon pack for the first time in like a year because mine stunk so bad. He thought that's what he smelled like.
1: Did you do the um? What do they call
2: it? laundry stripping? Have Have you tried that with any
1: of
0: your stuff? No. What is
1: that? Well, maybe we shouldn't make our like next video about that <laughs> after the race throw It shouldn't be a bathtub at the Airbnb and see what comes out of it. <laughs>
0: Well, I will say this much. I did throw the Solomon into the sink we have in the laundry room, and um that water was a brownish gray tint. Uh so
2: you killed entire families of bacteria, man. You should be ashamed of yourself. That's right. They've been thriving for you know, in their timeline millions
0: of years, and you just <laughs> laid the wrath of God on them. My goodness. So I guess I'll ask Will, because I know Will has has thought some of this stuff out. Have you you put any thought into what you want to start the race out in clothing-wise? Is there stuff that you like to wear, particularly in a race that's like your go-to clothing? My kit? Yeah, your kit.
2: Okay, so first off, I don't buy shit just because it's the best thing on the market. I buy shit because it works or it has worked. So my, my underwear, my boxers are uh, sacks, um, bolts, right? Isn't that what, what I like, bolts? Yeah, the you, bolts. You know, I a, Jason. I have right. a pair
0: of sacks, bolts, too.
2: Okay, so that's, that's what we both like. Twinsies. So it's the material is just soft enough to where it doesn't cause any problems, right?
0: It's luxurious.
2: <laughs> Very luxurious. So sax bolts. And then I have a, uh, I think I'm going to wear as far as socks go. There's a Running Warehouse uh, house brand that's, that is actually made by Saucony. That's a little bit thicker, a little bit more cushion. I'll probably start in those. I didn't know about that. Yeah, they are like $7 a pair for a while. Maybe they still are. Don't hmm. know. I need to check those out. Uh, runningwarehouse.com. Uh, my shorts are the funniest thing. I've been wearing the same shorts since like 2016. One reason was I got too fat for the path uh project, so I reverted back to what I started in because they were just the perfect short. They are a pair of Academy $14 shorts that I ripped the liner out of.
0: I actually got- you know what? Let me stop you here real quick. I have heard great things about Academy stuff.
2: But they've changed them recently. You can't get them anymore. The ones they make now, are there. there's no comparison. Mm. I'm wearing holes in these things. They're just awesome. You don't feel them on. They fit good. They even, man, they're a medium, right? They accommodated my fat ass all the way up to extra large size. And now they're shrinking back with me. They're incredible shorts, and they don't make them anymore.
0: So basically what you're saying is they're 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 adjustable with size. I,
2: uh, go figure, man. I don't know. There's something about them. They, I wish they'd bring them back. I swear to God, I would go buy 50 pair of them if they brought them back. Um, but you have to rip all the
0: liners out. They are a liner short. The liner can kiss my ass. Sacks all the way. Academy Sports, if you're listening to the Trail Trash Pack podcast right now, Will needs more of those shorts.
2: I, I need more. I prefer black and blue Black and blue. B- blue and black. And then as far as a shirt goes, I think I'm going to start with a sleeveless. Oh, not yeah. those singlet. No. I gotta have sleeveless. I need some I need some material on these shoulders. You know, I that that pack, it, it'll rub me raw if I don't. Gotta but have the guns so. out. Gotta have the guns out. So if you're um, running
1: Getty, I hope you have your tickets to the gun show.
2: <laughs> if not, come see Will. I'll be at my Airbnb, $5 admission. Uh, <laughs> the, what is the, there's a brand at REI, um, Ver, Verami. Verami is, ex, is ultra expensive. V- Viore? Maybe. I found it's the only one I have because I'm only going to pay $60 for a freaking sleeve shirt once in my life, but it's fantastic. It's gray, my favorite color, well, my second favorite color. I'll start with that Um, jacket. I think I have a Solomon blue, really light jacket that packs up to like three inch by three inch square. Mm -hmm. I'll probably start with that. And um, some kind of, I think it's a Solomon arrow hat or something this, it's got all those vents in the top.
0: Yeah, those are great. Yeah. That's
2: my kit. It's a mismatch of really high end stuff and really low end stuff, and of course my shoes. You know, torrents, which is really high end. So go figure. Not oh, torrents. I'm sorry, Tektons.
0: Tectons. tectons. I was going to say those, t- those Tektons are nice. I will. I will say this. I was thinking about this today, and this is weird stuff to be to worry about. But I had a moment where I was thinking, do I? Should I pack my headlamp with me at the very beginning of the race? Because what if I don't see anybody?
2: You Are you asking?
0: No, I well, I mean, I don't care. You can comment. I was just like, I was literally thought I'm going to put it in my bag.
2: Personally, what I'm going to do, I would put my backup lamp in my bag. Because I know what lamp you got. I know what your backup is. And, and for a couple of reasons. We're together, right? Mm-hmm. So, even if we're both using our backup lamps, we got enough light. That's true. So, you know, we don't need that big, bulky light. This is my opinion. I'm going to carry my backup light.
0: All from the beginning?
2: Yeah. And then worry about the other one at mile 48.
0: I got you. I got you. Yeah, I don't know what made me think of that. I guess because I was looking at at the gear. I was cleaning everything. I cleaned the van out and consolidated a whole bunch of stuff into that top tray because I'm going to bring it so that... um we have band-aids and all that stuff easily accessible from that that top tray. So, uh,
2: so I have an emergency uh, like band-aid, ibuprofen, anti-diarrhea kit in my bag. So you don't necessarily have to pack that in yours, but uh, just to tell you what's going to be in mine is that kit and the an emergency rain poncho, one of those really light, cheap ones, dollar mm-hmm. deals, mm-hmm. and um my Solomon jacket and my backup light headlamp.
0: And, you know, I was thinking similar to that minus the first aid kit. I do have a, a Ziploc baggie with a space blanket um, and like some salty britches, single serve packs and some other odds and ends in that um, as well what are you packing yours john in my pack yeah what what do you exactly i mean i'm just i'm gonna be like oh i'll just throw some stuff in there
2: beef jerky and tobacco
1: (laughs) 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 um i mean at the start of the race let's see i'll have two to three bottles of liquids um Two of those will be rock in. I might have like a third of water. Um I'll have to go back and look at our distance between eight stations before I determine if if I'm going two or three. Um i have a few packs of goo chews for nutrition just to nibble on intermittently. Um
0: what else? What are you packing uh, in your in your in your back?
2: Have I pointed out or should I point out he is not said anything about any safety gear yet. Does yeah. that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mr. Safety Man, what are you putting in the back Yeah, that's right. He does this for a living, right? He's a yeah.
2: safety, what is he called? What is he again? He's like it's the occupational,
1: It's occupational health and safety. This isn't an occupation. This yeah. is
0: recreation. Oh, so I see. So you can be as reckless as you want in this mm-hmm. and it's okay. Yeah. okay.
1: yeah, totally. All right.
0: So what are you packing in the back? Like, what what do you pack? Because um, in, 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 this you know, this is my first hundred I've ever, me and Will have ever ran with you. So I'm curious to what you start out with in the back. The back um, one.
1: Yeah, so in the back, um, yeah, I'll have like, you know, we talked about the Sullivan, but Solomon, but not he probably won't need that during the day, but it will definitely be in there by nighttime, just being required gear. And then also just the temperatures overnight. Um, yeah, I'll have... I'll have probably, like, one of those sample sizes of squirrels nut butter. Um, probably have, like, a small, like, first aid kit. Like, one of those small pouches. Yeah, those got the squirrels nut butter. Uh, probably, like, one of those, like, small, like, basic first aid kits. Like, you can get Adaria. Um, There's just small packable ones. Probably one of those blister kits with, like, the... Um, uh, is it called moleskin? Where you mm-hmm. tear it off in the shape of a blister, just in case. Um I mean, that should be about it for the main that that compartment we're talking about. Just it's um being a race and not too remote between aid stations. You don't need a whole lot, but you do just want to be prepared because if you have a blister at mile fourteen of a hundred mile, then you, you you're gonna have a Hard time
0: if you don't address that early on. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Um, So, nutrition, I'm bringing, I never even mentioned it, uh, Goose, um, Honey Stinger waffles, and um, some of the Honey Stinger gummies with caffeine in them for the second part of the race. So, the first part of the race is going to be the little waffle things with the goose and the second part of the race is going to be the the gummies with the goose even though i don't know if i'll i I don't know if i'll be eating on goose the entire time there's gonna be solid stuff mixed in between but that's what's going to be in my pack um so um packed up and ready to go on that you bringing anything super special in in yours will
2: tobacco and beef
0: jerky (laughs) thought about beef jerky (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Rock
2: Tain, they make these liquid nutrition packs. Rock does. I think it's called Rock Liquid.
0: Were those the ones that you had in the run that we did and you kept trying to give it to Karen? She, she said she didn't want it and then she tried to give it to me and then I said, I didn't want it and you took it back. Probably. And I think you told both of us to go to hell and then you mm-hmm. ran off. So then I then think I, I ate it. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh some
2: Cliff Goo uh not goose, but Cliff Chews. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Those and maybe a oat milk cream pie. Oh, nice choice. Yeah. And uh what is what the hell am I drinking these days? What what is that? Not tailwind, but what's the other one? Scratch. Scratch makes this um makes this mix that doesn't have any taste or not much taste. It has a hint of orange or a hint of lemon. And because I can't stand a lot of taste in my electrolytes, I'll be using that. actually
0: pretty, I actually like it pretty good. Does
2: a good job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I actually had some on a run. He gave it to me and it, it literally has no taste. Perfect. It's very weird. Um, but it it, it it worked um i think that was on one of our earlier runs when it was like fifteen thousand degrees outside so i remember handing it to you
2: and you were like what the hell is this and and then you didn't want to drink it and i said drink it and you said no and i said do it and then you drank it and that's
0: how it went yeah and then and yeah. yeah i mean and it, it, it did end up working i mean scratch has good stuff um I'm wanting to say he uses scratch at the race, doesn't he, John? Is it scratch what he uses? It's not tailwind, I don't think. I can't remember what he uses. I don't think he uses tailwind, Jason Green. I think he uses scratch. I'll have to go back and look No, because I'm I have questions. So we've did a a brief discussion around. Supplements, gear. From a running standpoint, uh, I I know J- John usually doesn't never can give us good clear answers on what his plan is going to be. Oh, uh,
2: do you have do you have an answer two weeks out? I know I know it changes every week. Your mindset. Do, do we have a definite plan put together, John? and
0: strategy. Yes. Yeah. Intervals, no, <laughs> no intervals. What are you? What are you doing? I showed it to you last week. I've slept since last week. No, I mean, you no, might no, have no. had
2: something up, but I don't remember it actually coming out of your mouth. What you're gonna do? I, do you?
0: No, I don't. Being serious. No, me, me too. He, I think he flashed. I think
2: straight. he went. He flashed it, and he says one more do. And then he didn't really go into any detail.
0: Right. He's trying <laughs> to do some sort of slot of hand. Houdini. He mentioned
2: uh, sub 24, maybe. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So that's how it. are you going to get there? Do you have a plan to get to that point?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I helped. Uh, I built a, a pacing plan using the Ultra Pacer. Is it .net or .com?
2: I don't oh, remember.
1: .com, I believe. Ultra pacer.com um yeah again great tool if you're in, if you're trying to figure out how to pace your race but yeah i have a I have a 24-hour plan my that built using that um yeah so that's really the goal um i'm looking at it more at, at a from the perspective of like splits between aid stations so from this aid station to this aid station i need to arrive there in x time. And that translates to like Y pace between it uh, to stay on that 24 hour pace um and that's also taking into account a few minutes for each aid station um as well as just generally slowing down throughout the race because most people don't finish a 100 mile race at the same pace they started at right
0: if so, at all so so you do you plan on making big? Wholesale adjustments in the race, like changing shoes, changing shirts, doing any anything like that. I mean, I mean, and I'm not talking about let's let's take weather out of the mix. Let's say it doesn't rain at all. And it's just no, no, no weather. It's just clear skies the entire time. No rain. Do you factor in any any sort of clothes changes or anything like that into your plan? Do you even do that?
1: So, at the now three 24-hour-plus runs that I've completed, including two 100-milers, I've never changed shoes. I just have never had a need to. Uh, Those shoes I've used before have been fine. I've had no issues with them, no blisters or anything like that. Um, So, unless there's just a real need to, I would prefer not to. Um, I mean, if I have to, it's just part of it, but... I would like to not have to, it's, it's just a lot to fool with, you know, 50 miles into a race time to sit down, get those shoes off of your body, get new shoes back on and like wipe down your feet and all that stuff. Um, clothes is maybe again, I might have to throw on like a long sleeve top. Um, but if I'm comfortable, then whatever. Will, yes.
2: How many twenty-four hour races have you finished? Two races and one adventure run. Did you? Uh, and this is this is a, a legitimate question. Did you use Nikes on any of those other runs? Are you experienced yeah. with Nike? Nope. Here's my question: If something's going wrong with the Nikes, do you have your Hoka's in reserve? just in case, because you said, well, Hocus, you never had any issues, but you're kind of experimenting with the Nikes. Is that a good plan to have, or do you just not going to worry about it?
1: Yeah, I said that earlier, that I, I would at least throw in like the Speakouts to have um, as a backup, either if, you know, the Nikes don't end up working out, or if we encounter some weather where it would warrant a, uh, a more, a more trail rate issue, shall we say,
0: yeah, and, and I can say, I can tell you, even though that trail is um, gravelly and on a, that part in between the top of White Top and right past Taylor's Valley, um, when it's wet, it is like slick. As I mean, it is unbelievably slick that year that I remember doing it. I remember there were sections where I felt like I was tiptoeing through it just because it was so. um, The rocks were just like, I mean, I've never walked on rocks that sleek in my life. Yeah. And like,
1: um, that's one of the things about this trail. It's like in dry conditions, like you can get away with wearing like a comfortable road shoe out there. But if there's like inclement weather, like especially like a lot of rain, like they saw like last year or like two or three years ago when you did it. Um, you're gonna want something that can handle some pretty, pretty uh, gnarly trail.
2: Yeah. So is it gravel towards the top? You, you said slick. Is
0: it? It's 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 gravel just right after you leave the top, just for just a little bit, not very much, and then it just turns into dirt. Um, oh, and well, then it's, you, it's... Um,
1: like, have you been to Tunnel Hill? No. Well you've been you've been on the creeper trail though. So you've seen a good portion of this trail,
2: just not all the way up to White Top.
0: I've actually seen it all the way up to yeah. White Top. I just don't remember. He well, he was in the dark every time he's been up there. Um so he, he actually never got a good visual on it. But it's it's dirt uh for a good portion of that white top to Damascus section. Um and then it turns into gravel, but the sections that I'm talking about are slick are those sections where there's like exposed rocks and stuff like that. Um, there are some sections that's like that. There's not a ton, but there are some like that. And I remember it was, it was very slick. And I was, I remember seeing people, A uh, Colleen fell matter of fact, um, that year, I remember she took a pretty hard fall, um, mm. uh, uh, going up. So, I mean, you know, it just, it just really depends. Um, the, the weather seems to, it, it, if, if the weather is bad, it tends to knock out a quarter to half of the field last year, it took off. It took out almost half of the field. I think they had a 54% finish rate last year. Cause the weather was just, um, just horrible going up. Um, people were getting hypothermic and falling out and, and stuff like that. So, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what that what that looks like. Um, I do plan on changing um, uh, hopefully around the 50 mile point, at least a shirt. Not, I don't know if I need to do anything crazy, but I, I do plan on going with like a long sleeve. Um, I got an Outdoor Vitals Merino wool um, shirt with a hood, little hoodie thing on it. I'm going to change into it to go up to white top because I know how cold it's going to be. And I am going to bring like a A hat, like a something I can put and cover my ears as well, because I remember my my I remember how cold it got going up to the top that last time I went. So, um, well, John gave us his strategy. Will has developed a a solid plan. Uh, Him and I are going to be running together. Um, Basically, um, we got sub twenty four plan. Um, where we're going to be, uh, running a mile, walking a mile and keeping ourselves in, um, what, 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 what was it, around a 1340 ish pace.
1: So real quick, just to revisit like the temperature question, this is the weather on top of white top. Um, this is the mountain weather webs website. Um, great resource. If you're looking to be actually like on top of a mountain, but the overnight low for White Top tonight says it feels like 37.
0: Oh, damn.
2: What's the overnight low at Damascus?
0: I don't know. They're all looking up. I got it. I got it saved. Mm-hmm. It's one of the places I always keep saved in my phone. Because I'm. That's uh, crazy. 37 tonight. The low. It's also
1: raining up there, too. So if we I were don't... doing beauty tonight, we'd be uh, in for some uh, – trying conditions some character building we'll De- will
2: definitely need rain equipment on standby at Damascus
0: 52 will so is that is that the feels like or just the uh that's just the that's just the um that's just the uh that's just the, uh, that's just the low I think, so what
2: is that 13 degrees the low versus the feels like so
0: real feel the real feel says 56 14 so I'm guessing
2: 15 to 20 degrees. Yeah, because it
1: says 48 degrees, but feels like 37 for the overnight low.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, I mean, you know that that last year that I did it, I was in long pants. I'm fairly certain I was in a puffy coat because it was so freaking cold. Of course, that year it was, it was, it was. I think the high for the entire day though was like in the mid-60s.
1: But um this also brings up a, a an interesting point too. So we, we know it's gonna feel cold up there. Um, however fast or slower run, and it's gonna feel cold. And there's gonna be a strong temptation because it's gonna feel really uncomfortable getting up there to quit up there. But if you can just hang on and get to a lower elevation, it's gonna warm up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So just keep that in mind.
0: So, um, so so also, real quick, so real so so real quick, John. We have a plan around that. So when we get the to white top, and I'm complaining about the cold weather, Will is going to drop kick me, and I'm going to roll all the way down to the bottom of the mountain. I um, did not
2: know I was going to have such a treat at the top of White Top. Uh, I cannot wait to hit
0: 67 <laughs> miles.
2: I have something he, to look forward to. He, 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 but,
0: he's um, just, he's going to drop kick me down there.
1: But but also uh, you want to keep moving because if you keep moving you're going to generate more more body warmth right so keep moving and hang on until you can get into a lower elevation because um, again it's just going to feel so uncomfortable out there it's it's going to be a real temptation to quit up there look yeah. it's
2: not it's not going to matter because this whole time I have been. On this training plan, making thinking, making Jason think we're going to go one pace. We're not even going to be on white top overnight. We're going to be like coming off white top by five o'clock that afternoon. It's not even going to matter to us. That's my real pace. I was waiting to unveil it to him.
1: (laughs) I really think during this, Jason should just give you his watch, so he doesn't ever know like the mileage or the pace or anything. He I just, like hand
2: hold my hand out at the beginning of the race and and confiscate all of his electronics. Yeah, you don't he need just to know, to what, on, need to know anything but what I tell you, boy.
0: Well, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging, no doubt. Once you start heading up, heading up that mountain, um, especially with the cold weather.
2: The good news is it's downhill, right? once we get up there because it's going to get cold it always gets cold one or two in the morning that's when it gets coldest at night right right so if we start going downhill and we feel like we're getting a little bit chilled we could always run more we can change it to two and ones maybe if we can do it at that point so we have options it's going to be all right
0: yeah yeah, I think it'll be fine. And then, and then I've got contingencies, you know, I'll do what I did, um, that last year where I will bring like some, you know, like some extra warm clothes just in case I want, you know, I want to change into those something I can easily throw on and take off. I've got some, some North Face pants and some Patagonia pants that literally I can just shut off super quick if I wanted to do something like that. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 going to be cold, no doubt. And I think it's important to make sure that we bring layers just in case like Will was saying, you know, you want to have that jacket with you at all times just in case it opens the starts raining. Um, you just you just never know. So so it, it's it's in the, the weather up there is typically always cool, except I will say this, except that first year that I did it, Will. We were in short sleeves the entire time. If you remember, it was really warm that year. Uh, I
2: I don't remember
0: very much about it, but oh, it was it was warm that year.
1: So, so the Mountain Weather website projects up to the day before um, the Yeti, so the day before the race, and it has an overnight low in the low fifties for White Top. So that's cool, not cold. Should be fairly comfortable. Um, again, it will feel cold, but I mean, it's really looking like it won't it, somewhat mild, I guess.
0: <clears throat> so, so, you know, not to jump around, but, you know, back to what Will and I are doing, you know, we, we do have a solid plan. We have literally been training underneath this plan now for months. I can say that now uh, months <laughs> we've been training under this plan with the fake plan or with the, the real thing? plan. The, okay. the, the, the fake one. Um, and, uh, you know, and that includes running in some crappy heat, running in some good weather. Um, and, you know, dealing with adversity along the way because we did have some, some training runs where we had some issues with, uh, with me, um, needing to, uh, hydrate a little bit extra because I wasn't feeling too hot. Um, we'll, we'll had, uh, some, some, uh, a foot issue, um, once. Um, and then, you know, Kara was with us and she, you know, she had, uh, she had some issues as well. And, you know, what, what I felt was interesting was, and will can, can, can speak on this as well, was we were able to adapt it to, to these issues and fall back into our goal pace every single time. So, yeah,
2: I mean, it, the, the pace we're trying And John said something interesting just a few minutes ago that most people don't end at the same pace they start. The reason we're doing such a soft pace from the beginning is to do such a pace that our heart rate never goes over 100, never goes over 110. And we have something to look forward to every mile or two. Like I pointed this out when we were running our last training run together. Mm Mm-hmm. It's 100 miles is 100 miles. It gets boring. Part of the the psychological problem with running it is the fact that you're thinking about, I've got to do the same thing for the next, after you do 20, 25 miles, for the next 75 miles, the same thing. So if if we're running a 10-minute pace and then we're walking a 17-minute pace, every 10 and every 17 minutes, we're doing something different. So it breaks up the monotony. And our heart rate never really gets over 100, 110. That's you know, true. It, and it, psychologically, we still know that there's a possibility we can get under 24 hours by doing that. So, if you add all those things together and, and you eat right and you hydrate right and you stay in good spirits, there's a chance you can do that for 23 hours, which I think is the pace to, we're. We're going to be moving 23 hours. Eight stations are going to take an hour. So we should be 23 and a half to 24 hour
0: finish. Yep. That's the plan. And it's a solid plan. And that's why we are dialed in on, on, on everything. And you got to remember these training runs that Will and I and uh, Kara have done together. These include us stopping into convenience stores and waiting in line. And standing in long freaking lines, I swear, I thought Will, I thought Will was going to fight the clerk at the last one because the guy walked away from him to help another guy at another register and Will was going to lose his mind. Um, So we dealt with some, some pretty good simulation because meaning that. You know, some aid stations are going to be pretty seamless, right? You're going to get in, you're going to get out, you're going to move out, you're going to move on to the next one. But then there's going to be some where, hey, you know what? I need to, to change shoes or I need to change shirts. Or you know what? I need to take a little bit of extra time. That was what we had at Dodge's Chicken. I yeah. mean So
2: and here's the other thing. So we pull off that pace, that pacing for 65 miles, right? 23 mm-hmm. hour pace for 65 miles. We fall off that pace. We have 6 hours to play with to actually finish the race because we were shooting for 24. Things happen. We still got 6 additional hours to at least finish the race and get a buckle. That's right. So, which with 100
0: miles you know a finish is never given, so
2: That's right. Finishing is all you can
1: ask for.
0: Finishes, yeah. all, finishes all you can ask for. And that's really that's honestly what we're asking for all we're asking for here, but we want, we want to stick with our plan. We have a good plan and we have um, executed this plan. Um, I can say this in a hundred percent confidence because we have data to back it up. Uh, pretty much every run we've been able to, to, to stick to, to the plan and it's worked out for us. So, you know, and that's with tweaking things there was there was one time I'll never forget it john uh will was trying to catch us up on our pace, and we were running out of the Oaklands mansion, and Kara and I were not wanting we were not wanting to catch up on the pace. we were wanting to like walk and uh will will was not very nice to us. He said hateful things to us, um so we ended up running after Sounds- all.
1: That sounds completely like <laughs> uncharacteristic of Will. I don't know who you were running with on that day. Hey, it,
0: it, it, say our pace got corrected. Okay, but, let me tell you, John. It was it was on brand. Okay, it was you. You,
1: uh, you set them a pace they couldn't
0: refuse. That's right. I remember her looking over at me, and I looked at her. And she was just like, "Let's go!" And I was like, "All right." We just so we started running and uh and and we did it. so it, so the the moral to the story is, you know, we've been working on this really hard. We're really excited about it. We're excited about the race um you know the the rest of it is just it's just details, right? um you know, um it's it's just details of, of getting there, getting getting to where we need to be and making it happen. I mean, so
2: details, right you you brought something up and made a good point a couple of weeks ago. About the pacing, about running, walking, running, walking. You, I didn't even think about it. You said, "Well, we're going up White Top. There's no way we're going to be able to run those sections without using a lot of energy." And you got me thinking about that. And it, what is it about a six or seven mile section that's pretty steep?
0: Yeah, probably from Taylor's Valley up to the top. It gets it gets steeper. So about seven mile. Yeah.
2: So you made me think about that, and then I came up with well, why don't we do at the beginning two miles to one for the first three miles and then coming out of Abingdon, which is downhill, do the same thing. And then we could literally walk those six or seven miles up White Top and then not affect our pace. So it's like you were saying, it's the details, just working things out and having a plan. Right. So
1: so if you created a, um, a plan through the ultra pacer, You should actually take the course profile into account. I I saw that. I did.
2: Yeah.
0: So, so realistically that to me, it it will be the only sticking point for us. I think once we get to the top, we turn around, we start going back down. I think the key is just, uh, it's just, you know, getting ourselves to the top. And then once we get to the top, we turn around, we, we get back to the bottom. We just, we wrap it up. Um, The other thing is just hoping that we don't have any BS weather. Um, You know, that's, that's, that's literally the the biggest uh, uh, caveat to this race year in and year out is you never know. You never know what it's going to do.
2: But honestly, as long as we don't get cold, right. The plan that we're on isn't calling for us to do any crazy paces here. We should mm-hmm. be able to, to deal with a lot of it and at least get sub thirty as long as we can deal with being cold or or anything. Right, good. right.
1: And um, if we do get bad weather, I mean, we don't have any control of that. Um, we do have control over how we react to it, and also we can plan for it. So, right. so with
0: that, so with that being said, all of us would need to pack for BS weather. Yeah. You know, that means maybe maybe bring in, uh, you know, definitely bring in some extra change of clothes, having them at um, at having them at the different stops in case it is pouring down rain and you need to change. Because I can tell you, I can tell you the year that I ran it and it poured down rain, um, I was ready to change clothes Um, by the time I got back to I think it was at the 50 K point. Um, I was ready to get into some dry clothes. His dry in the dry clothes was a huge boost for me from a, uh, you know, it, it was a huge morale boost because I warmed up and I was ready to go again.
2: So that's one reason why I'm bringing, and I hope you do too, the emergency poncho. Because if it's a passing shower, it's going to last 30 minutes or whatever. If we could put that on and get through that without actually getting wet, then that won't affect us as much, right? We can stay dry for the most part, and that's my thinking there.
0: Well, that that Solomon Benatti arrow is so light; it's like a poncho. It's 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 y- you've seen it before. It's see through. It's it's not a it's 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 white, and you can literally see through the the. But, it's it reminds me of the one that Stephen Cornhouse is wearing in his Leadville video. Remember at the end when he was running that green one that he had on. It was it was very reminiscent of that.
2: But my question is, does it eventually soak through? Because if it soaks through, it's going to go through the clothes. A plastic poncho will not soak through.
0: Well, I, the good news is I know where I can get a plastic poncho. And uh, I will get one at my friendly neighborhood Walgreens.
2: Will you be paying for this or will this be something that's scratching dent?
0: I pay for everything, sir. <laughs> <laughs> with that, it was that awesome employee discount I get. So I will hey, be. I, I'm ready for all conditions. I've got a, a
2: heavier coat for cold. I've got a rain jacket and an um, emergency poncho for wet. And I've got a loin cloth for hot as hell. I am good. Let's just hope he's it for everybody's a, sake. It's not going to be hot as hell. And he's got a
1: sweet pair of North Face slippers for when he's sitting on that porch with that with nothing else on but that belt buckle.
2: That's right. I'm two, bringing but two belt buckles. Who's bringing a belt that will accommodate two belt buckles?
0: Because oh. there's
2: there's a potential every one of us could have dual belt buckles at the end of this race.
0: That's right. Well, I've just got one that accommodates one.
2: Which one are you putting on it?
0: Oh, it'd be the sub twenty four, obviously. So uh, that that one is awesome. So. And so I think we've covered everything. I don't know if we've missed anything. The subject of sissy sticks. At what point do we whip those
2: out? I'm not afraid to. I will whip them out at 80 if I have to. <laughs> I know I think- John
0: hates sissy sticks, so.
1: I really don't, especially living out here for a little while
0: now. Sissy sticks. I'll be using sissy sticks all the way up white top and then back down.
2: Seriously, you're going to use them the whole way up white top and down.
0: Oh, 100. percent I want as much of an edge as I can have if when I'm walking to have them. Uh, obviously, I won't use them while I'm running, but yeah, why not? I remember Rick Caffey saying one time, "Why, why wouldn't you use them? It gives you an added advantage when you're walking." Hey,
2: if they're legal, if gonna, in the race, there's no reason not to. They're Sorry. legal.
1: Yeah, if you're carrying them with you, why would you? Why would you just carry them for no
2: reason, right? Because yeah. I, if you're going to use them, I, I wouldn't carry them with me until Damascus around mile fifty. Pick them up there, use them, then drop them back off if you if you can. I mean, if you need them all the way to the finish, you need them to the finish. But
0: yeah, <clears throat> so poles, I'll be using poles most likely after fifty. Okay.
2: Well, I didn't know that. That's good to know.
0: Yeah. So we're at the end. And it is, it is the hot take section of the show.
2: I better turn my mic off. My hot takes aren't very safe. <laughs> so, so, too
1: hot
0: to handle. I love it. So, so my hot take is, and it's not going to be popular. Uh-oh. Is... <clears throat> How much more can we overhype the Colorado Buffaloes just because Deion Sanders is the head coach? My God, dude. I mean, look, I get it. Look, Deion is fantastic. It's, uh, De- it's look, entertaining. Look, it's entertaining.
1: I'm all for it.
0: <laughs> look, he's entertaining. He's bringing all the stars out. His son is a superstar, is going to make a lot of money in the NFL barring any sort of crazy injury he's got a great wide receiver in Travis Hunter. The guy is is sitting on a really good team. With that being said, they're not that good, okay? They got exposed against Colorado State in a game that they should have they were they were favored by almost they were favored by more than who, three touchdowns. Who who who's Colorado's like big football rival? Do they have one? Colorado State. That's their in-state okay. rival. Can we yeah. can we get someone like uh,
1: Terrell Owens to coach there and have like a Terrell Owens versus Deion like
0: oh my god. <laughs> so, and and, and look, and, and and again, I'm not saying anything bad about Deion or the or the program. I am very much excited about what he's doing for college football. It's been far too long that we've we've not had any sort of crazy excitement in college football. And we got it with Deion Sanders and, but my God, I so, they are going to get some team is going to come in and just free freaking manhandle them sooner or later. I may be wrong. They're a little overhyped. Just saying. And Ryan Tannehill, hold on. And Ryan Tannehill sucks. All right. <laughs> my response to
2: that. And, um, it's going to st- sound strange coming from me but 18 to 20 year olds that have talent right that that have an ego which they do college coaches part of their job is to humble them and teach them how to be a even-killed human being last night um I saw a lot of ego and near fights and mouthing and a lot of things going on that you typically don't see on a well-coached team. You see a lot of Deion Sanders in those players, and none of those players are Deion Sanders. No. we not yet. No. I think that ego, the bravada, is going to come back and bite them, and I hope it doesn't bite them so bad that they end up in trouble off the field.
0: yeah, And I, and and I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. And again, I am a huge Deion Sanders fan, huge. I've got his rookie card, his football rookie card from when I collected cards, loved Deion Sanders, still love Deion Sanders, but my goodness, man, he, then they, they need the, the guy needs to lay off a little bit. He is not coaching Ohio state. He's not coaching Alabama. He's not coaching Georgia. He's coaching Colorado, and the last time they won a national championship was when I was a freshman in high school, and I'm at least 89 years old. So this has been a long time ago, uh, 1990, I believe. And Ari Bynum, was a running back. I, I you know, I, I think people can fact check me on this. Just saying, it's been a long time since that program has done anything that that's been extremely relevant to the point where they are on the national stage and and I hope he continues doing well and I hope they continue doing well, but man, this the hype is just is just a lot. It's, just it's just a lot.
2: I just hope that there's discipline in that program where it could meet you know there's some kids that could get into a lot of trouble.
0: But you'll see, right? You'll right.
2: See.
0: Right. John, you got any hot takes around car shows? <laughs>
2: It's I don't know, more man. More importantly, the people that attend car shows. You were you were making statements earlier uh, in the weekend. Do you want to elaborate?
1: Might have been. Oh, elaborate on what? What else is there to say?
2: Oh, my mic is off. I'm all ears. You can say whatever.
0: <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'll put John on the spot. I won't make him say anything else. To get him in trouble with the city of uh city of Pigeon Forge since he's got to drive through there multiple times to get to his trail. So. I don't know. I mean,
1: it was an event with cars.
0: It it's not very well
1: thought out. It's it, it it's terrible in Pigeon Forge. Like, uh, it's just a headache to traffic and everything around it. It's just
0: uh, it's just so congested. It was it was it's so it's, it, it's bad. So I have a story for you, John. Okay. I used to live in Knoxville, and I was the um, assistant manager. At the Walgreens in Sevierville at the Forks of the River. Mm-hmm. The one right as you're getting into town on the right, right there at that bridge. Okay. <clears throat> and when we, we needed merchandise. I usually would have to go pick it up from the Pigeon Forge Walgreens, which was down, you know, where that is. It's all the way down past where, around where Dollywood is that car show was going on and I had to go pick up photo supplies. Um, I was gone for an hour and a half sitting in traffic. And just so you know, nothing has changed. People still had the little golf carts back then and drove them up and down. Um, I remember it was so bad that I literally turned my car off at one point and didn't move for 15 minutes, um, in one spot. I just sat there for 15 minutes. And I think that was back before, uh, before, uh, phones. So we had carrier pigeons and, uh, I had to carry send a carrier pigeon back to, uh, let them know why I was running so far behind. But it, those car shows have been like that for ever. And, and, and I have some,
2: Go ahead. I have some advice for you in regards to Pigeon Forge. You ready? I would always either drive through Townsend to get to the park, even though it's a little bit further, or go around Dolly Parton Parkway to get out of Pigeon Forge.
0: That's that's fair. I forgot that's, about that. I would
2: go either way and the hell with Pigeon Forge.
0: Yeah. I forgot all about Dolly Parton Parkway. So, that is yeah. some, solid, that's some solid advice from Will.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pigeon Forge is, it, it kind of sucks already. Like, I mean, I guess there's cool stuff to do there, but it's, like, cool stuff you could do, like, anywhere and not,
2: like, in the mountains.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's been like that for forever, though, you know? Like,
2: the town is built on that. I mean, Gatlinburg's sort of the same way. Right. It, it's all about the stores, right?
0: Well, but Gallenberg has some novelty stuff. Like they have that um marijuana shop on the corner. Has the big marijuana plants growing. Yeah, I mean the, they, they, window. Do, they do have that. But I mean I don't know. It's closer to the park. It's a little bit better. But all right. Well I guess that is it for this week's episode. Um until next week. We will see you then. Everybody have a splendid night.